Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. After this life is over and you absent in the body, the scripture says to be then present with the Lord, we will continue our worship. Learn how to do it now. It is very uh, in its very purpose for which it is the very purpose for which you and I were created. I was created to worship God. You were created. You were born to worship, born to give him praise. Yet, yet many people have not come to that, uh, that realization, have not come to that truth, that concept that we were born to work, worship. This is the very purpose for which we were created. Our only, uh, our only reason for living is to worship the Lord. Now you would say, well, I'm here to change the world. Well, you change the world through your worship. Your first priority is to worship God. If you start worshiping him, it's that thing Jesus said in Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom. If you seek the kingdom, he adds all of these other things, these other things to us. Uh, most people uh, have, no, have no true concept or only a faint idea of what it means to worship God. And I'm going to focus not on praise tonight, but on what real worship is and how we do it. Apart from a personal relationship with Jesus, uh, no one can truly worship God in fullness without Christ. Now, I know people feel like they can worship God or they think because they sing or because they can play their worshiping God. But without Jesus, you really can't worship because you must worship him. Watch this in spirit and in truth. We can only be truly worshipped in spirit and in truth. You'll find that in John chapter 4 as Jesus goes into Samaria. He meets a woman at the well who was accustomed to drawing water from the well. She was not accustomed to deal with the Jewish people. The Samaritans and the Jews had no dealings with each other. She didn't know that she walked upon the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords at the well. And he told her. That the hour is coming and now is where true worshipers won't have to go to a mountain, but they will worship the Lord. They won't have to ascend to Zion in Israel, but the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. And so the father is seeking such. No human is spiritually alive and can seek God on his own. We are dead in our trespasses and our sins and only Christ can awaken us to true worship. There's a lot of noise and there's a lot of singing, but those who know Jesus are summoned to worship him. Even for the dedicated believer, the worship of God can fall short if we fail to engage in true worship, and that is to cooperate, the cooperation of first spirit and then secondly truth. So even believers have to make sure that you're worshiping God in spirit. Holy Ghost needs to activate it. You need to be a part of that spirit. The spirit of Christ is the Holy Ghost and in truth. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. 
Christ is all in that. And when you worship him, you should think about Jesus. It's good to envision him hanging on the cross looking at you. You have to see yourself standing and looking up him. He's hanging on the cross and he's staring at you. He's looking at you. He's looking at you and your issue. And he's saying, I love you. Even though you've gone too far from me, you've fallen short of the, of, of the grace that I've placed upon you. But I still love you and I'm dying for you. We understand that we're all sinners and we're destined to a hell, fire and a brimstone. And that without Christ, we won't make it. But the Father is seeking such that would worship him in spirit and in truth. Write it down. Worship is the crown jewel. It is the crown jewel. Worship of the Lord God should be the crown jewel in the life of all mankind. Yet the most people that jewel is either missing. For most people that jewel is either missing or it is cheap. It's a cheap substitute. It should be the crown jewel for all mankind, and that is to worship God. But for most people, it's missing, or it's been a, we, we replace it by a cheap substitute. Uh, and so nothing should take the place of worshiping our God. What do you value in your life? You know, a lot of us value material things, and we value stuff, and that's why when it's choked out, we get sad. But when Christ is your shield, and he's your jewel, Regardless of what's happening on the outside, I still have my eye on him. And for many believers, we have to be careful. Many Christians, the jewel is coated with earthly dirt. It's coated with a layer of earthly dirt. And it is, and the brilliance of this jewel is not seen or discovered by those who need to see it shine forth in our lives. So I want to help you tonight and just speak to the the washing of the jewel called worship and no earthly dirt should be a layer on this jewel that will hinder the brilliance of the of the light of worship from shining bright in your life write it down you were created for his purpose and pleasure now as we fast forward to john the revelator uh, he, this is the last apostle on the face of the earth. I want you to kind of see last will and testament. Think about someone who's passing away. And before they pass away, God gives them a revelation that they need to pass to you. The last words of the last apostle, the last, the last original 12, the last of the original 12. And he says something in chapter 4 of Revelation in verse 11. He says, thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor, King James, and power, for thou hast created all things. Notice, he created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So here we know John says, after seeing Jesus in Revelation chapter 4, he says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Thou hast created all things, that's including you and I, and for thy pleasure, for thy pleasure, for thy pleasure, O God, they are and were created. 
The New Living Translation, I want to back up and go to verse 9 through uh, 10 here. I want you to see the backdrop, and then we'll look at verse 11 again in the King James. Whoever, whenever the living beings, the living creatures, give glory and honor and thanks to the Lord, New Living Translation, thanks to the one that sits on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. Now notice the creatures are looking at the one who's on the throne. The created beings are focusing and gazing on the one who sits on the throne. To him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb be blessing and glory and honor and power forever. Good song, right? <laughs> to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be blessing and glory and honor and power forever. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And this is what these creatures, the created beings, we don't worship the created. We worship the one who lives forever and ever. On the earth, we have it twisted. We worship and praise idols. Whether it is an American idol or a car or a relationship, we give all of our resources, we give all of our time, and we fail to give glory and honor to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be blessing and glory and honor and power forever. You got to learn how to give uh, that credence only to God and to lift up your eyes. For John in chapter 4, God spoke to John to come up here and I will show you things to come. And when he got up there, he saw the created things giving praise and worship to the one who sits on the throne. Verse 10, the 24 elders. Notice not only does the created things worship God, but the 24 elders Fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. Look at the word. And they lay their crowns before him on the throne and say, glory to God. So any crown, any accommodation given to the elder, the elders Make sure when they get to this one, they take off their own glory. They take off their own prestige. They take off their own honor and they crown him with it. They lay it at his feet. And they're saying, be blessing, glory and honor and power forever to the one who sits on the throne. Who's sitting on the throne of our hearts tonight? Who is occupying our time? Who do we worship? Who do we work for? Who's got our attention? Some people are worshiping the dead. They are caught up with the dead. And some people are worshiping the living. And some people don't know it. They're worshiping the devil. Because he don't know. He doesn't care if you know if you're worshiping or not. He's a deceiver of the brethren. He doesn't care if you really know you're worshiping him as long as you give it to him. Even when Jesus is driven into the wilderness, being tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights, after that, the scripture says he was hungry. And here comes Satan. If you be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. If you 
be the son of God. Then he carries him away through his imagination to the high mountains and shows him all of the kingdoms of the world and said, I'll give them to you if you are bowed down and worship. Look at what Satan wants. He wants God. He wants flesh to worship him. He showed you his hand. He wants you and I to worship him, whether you know it or not. He wants you and I to give him glory and praise. But he said it to Jesus. I'll give you the kingdom. I'll give you the prestige. I'll give you the big house on the hill. I'll give you your name in lights. I'll let your name be in Las Vegas. I'll give you all of the money you can use. I'll give you everything you want if you just worship me. If you'll tie into this world system and back away from God's system and his kingdom. But we need to be able to push back on what the devil is offering and say to the devil, no, God made me to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb be blessing and glory and honor and power forever. And I'll worship him myself. Hallelujah. I give him glory and praise. And when you do that, devil turns into dust. He has to go to the next house. When you say, I'm going to bless God, his stuff ain't going to work with you. When you do what Romans told us to do, glory to God. Let me go back to the first verse uh, that we read in Romans chapter 6. This is the uh, in New Living Translation. Do not let sin control the way you live. If you really want to worship, you got to let the sin go. You can't let the sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires when you back away from your desires and you lift up your hands and say to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be blessing and glory and honor and power forever. When you do that, God gets the glory, honor, and praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. Praise break. He's been good to me. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. I've got to give him glory. No, it's not a strain to worship God. I'm going to worship him in the morning. I'm going to worship him in the noonday. I'm going to worship him when I get bad news. And I'm going to worship him when I get good news. I know all things were created for him and for his pleasure. Glory to God. I give you praise. I was created for his pleasure and his purpose. Write this down. God created all things and it is for his pleasure that they exist and were created. I'll slow it down. God created all things. All things concerning you and I, this earth, this realm, Eden, and everything else. He created angels. He created uh, uh, nations. He created vessels. He created sea creatures. All things were cre created by him. And it is for his pleasure that they, were, that they exist and that they were created. And you are a part of all things. This is good to know as it relates to purpose. No, it's not your purpose to go to, to work. It's not your purpose to take care of your family. Your purpose is to give God some worship. And when you do that, he give you strength to take care of your family. Those of you that say, I'm tired, Bishop, I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. That's right. Worship a little bit. He'll infuse you with some energy. See, when you plug in, just like if you plugged into that socket, as long as there's fire in the wall and you plug into that socket, you don't have to worry about the energy pumping through the vessel. 
Because there's fire, there is electricity in the wall. And when you plug in to Jesus and when you plug into the Holy Spirit, you elect electricity. Bum, bum, bum. I'm preaching better use electricity. I need that spiritual electricity. And when you plug in, you'll get it. When you don't want to praise God, your hand will go up. When you don't want to say hallelujah, you'll scream it. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. All things were created by him. God created all things, and it is for his pleasure that they are created. Number two, for his pleasure. And they exist for his purpose. Say that, for his pleasure. That's right. You got to understand it is for his pleasure. I was created for his pleasure. Say that. I was created for his pleasure. That's what you need to see. I was created for his, not for the millions of electrodes and your nerve endings so you can feel good when you get your little groove on. That's not why you were created. You were created for his pleasure. When you worship, it pleases him. And that's why he created you. He created angels, but they're on autopilot. But he gave you a free will. And when you choose to worship him, it brings glory and honor to his name. They exist for his purpose. Glory to God. We exist for his purpose. Write it down. We were born to worship him, to bring glory and honor to his name. I was born to worship him. Yes, Lord. To give glory and honor to his name. Yes, Lord. To serve him with gladness. Yes, Lord. To come before his presence with singing. Yes, Lord. To be thankful unto him. Yes, Lord. And to bless his holy name. Write it down. All to Jesus. I surrender. One of my favorite songs, all to Jesus, I surrender, all to him, I freely give. Yes, and I will ever love and trust him in his presence, freely give or live. I surrender all. That's the song that we need to sing right now. Jesus, all to Jesus, I surrender. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, New Living Translation. I memorized this in the King James. Glory to God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, wherefore I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. But New Living Translation reads like this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I plead with you. Give your bodies to God. Give it. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Present your body to God for all that he's done for you. Let them be a living. Let your body be a living. Yet let yourself be a living and holy sacrifice. Look at the scripture, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way, notice, we worship him. So how do we worship him? 
It is to present this bone, flesh, even bad breath to God. I'm talking about present it all to him. The parts of you that you don't want others to see. The parts that you know are there. Present it to God. He wants you. I plead with you. I plead with you by the mercies of God that you present your body a living and holy sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. The kind he will find acceptable, which is your reasonable service. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, the Old Testament priest is no different from New Testament priests in this respect. That they all were required to bring a sacrifice unto the Lord. The Old Testament priest had to take bullocks and goats and calves and doves and turtle doves and all of these other things uh, and lambs and present it unto the Lord. But God is not asking you and I to drag any lamb to the altar. What he is asking for you to grab your body, your body, your whole body, brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give it up, your body, to God because of all that he's done for you while in your body. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Glory to God. And we need to drag in the fruit of praise or the sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips. But you got to look at the sacrifice. No animal wants to be killed. And if you've ever been at a, uh, uh, a sheep slaughter or a lamb house, a slaughterhouse for lambs, the lambs cry. And it sounds like babies, if you ever heard them cry. They, they can tell that something is going on. They can tell. You'll hear them crying. It sounds like babies are crying. And if you don't have your head together, you'll run out. Because they can tell and every time they try to take a lamb to the slaughter, it pulls back. It doesn't go uh, willingly. And that's how our sacrifice and even this flesh push back on giving God the glory. There are times when we will put brakes on. I say, come on and bless him. You look around and see who's looking. I say, come on and give him glory. What are you talking about, man? I, I don't do all of that. But if I take you to a game, ow! If I, take, if I bring your favorite football player up in here, woo! got to go and even ladies like the tights that they will oh I got to watch my game ladies now got to put on their jersey but they like the tights they oh that's my man that's my man oh that's my here all of the time that's my man come on Westbrook I went to the Orlando Magic we had to move from this come on Westbrook don't tell me people don't praise. It's only when the flesh has to be drugged to the altar that we push back on God. There are men who worship cars and they worship women. They worship women. They throw diamonds at the woman. They'll gamble for the woman. They want the woman so bad. When they get her, they just worship her. They just want to love everything about you. But God wants you to turn all of that high-powered lust into some hallelujah, warm love for God and start giving God the glory and the praise and the honor forever. Hallelujah. Well, I'm preaching tonight. Worship is a response. Write it down. It is a response. It is not a reaction. You bring your mind in it. It is a response to God's love. When you start thinking about God's love, you should bring your mind and say, God, I worship you. Because I got something to give him praise for. It's his love. Focus on the love of God. Your hands should go up. 
So worship is a response. Remember that it is a response. Those of you that are on Facebook Live, I'm preaching to you. And on our internet, uh, the internet site, I need you to write it in there. When I'm giving you these keys, you need to write it in there. Worship is a response. It's your response, my response to God's love. If you appreciate his love, you should engage in worship. That's for every man, woman, boy, and girl. That's for the divorced. That's for the single. That's for those who are grieving. That's for all of us who are here today. There's something therapeutic. There's a spiritual RX in this engagement called worship. God don't let you give him blessings and he don't send blessings. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. God is trying to get something to you. And the canal, the connecting dot that he's using is your worship, your response to his love. Number two, worship is an offering to God. Remember, present your body, present it or offer it unto the Lord. It is an offering unto the Lord. And if you're going to offer anything unto a person, you want to make sure you offer it right. Attitude is very important to that. Don't bring me some dead sacrifice. Don't bring me a bowl of soup and you just plop it on my table. I need you to serve it with a smile. When we worship God, we're offering our worship unto him. Not take you, When I was coming up in the early church, take my mistakes for love. Mad because you're asked to testify. Mad because you're asked to tell about the goodness of the Lord. Well, y'all just take, take my mistakes for love in the church with attitude. No, sit your behind down. I need somebody up here who appreciate the Lord. I'm not taking your mistakes for love. This ain't your throwback setting. We want you to give him your best and you need to serve him and offer it unto him as you worship the Lord as a response to his love. Number three, surrendering to God is not about losing anything. When we worship God, a lot of times we think about what will surrender if I surrender, then I'm giving up my power. Well, surrendering to God is not about losing anything. You don't lose when you surrender to God. Because a lot of us hear the word surrender. I ain't no slave. I won't surrender to nobody. I don't do that. I'm not running. If I was back in those days, everybody would be laid down. No, you'd be in the same boat too. You'd have been in the same ship too. You've been walking around with shackles too when you saw the first one pulled apart. Everybody running their mouth. Thank God he didn't allow you to be born in that time. He knew that those who were born in that time had the will, hallelujah, to go through hardness so we can have the freedoms. But you were born for this time. You are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood and a holy nation and a special people. You were born for this generation. You are a priest, a, a community of priests, glory to God, a holy nation and a special people to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. Surrender to God is not about losing anything. You have to lose your power. That's not what it's about. It's all about gaining everything. So when you start looking at worship as I'm losing something, you're missing the move. When I worship, I'm gaining everything. When I'm worshiping everything that God has for me, he's, there is no barrier. Glory to God. And I am tonight. Listen to what I'm telling you. I speak prophetically. I am the barrier buster. 
That's my anointing tonight. I'm busting down barriers. And I'm not just talking about obstructions. I'm, I'm breaking the barrier between your not knowing what worship is and you knowing what God is. And just now I gave you something that you need. To, this is a buster. This is a barrier buster. You're going to get the revelation here. You're not losing anything when you surrender to God. But worship is about gaining everything that God has for you. That's the incentive to give him glory right now. He's got something. My blessing got my name on it. And when I worship him, he just slotted right there. Just like if you had a little child over there and that child wanted to say, Daddy, I love you. And that's the one. Or the other one's just walking around, don't say anything. They mad because you didn't get them the popsicle. But this one is the one that always says, I love you, Daddy. I love you, Mama. You're so special. I thank God for you. I just appreciate you. They're the one that always shows gratitude. I guarantee you're going to slide them a little secret something, something. Don't tell the rest of them. You just take that and you just hold, hold that right there because we're all weak for somebody to praise us and when we when you need to know God is the same way his weakness the only weakness he has is when his children praise him the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people and right now even though there's darkness in the street if you praise him now hallelujah light is coming to you glory to God thank you Jesus oh I need another praise break Surrendering to God is not about losing anything. It's about gaining everything. It's about gaining everything. Write it down. Worship is about gaining everything. What do I gain? First of all, I gain friendship. I gain friendship with God. I am a friend of God. God says, I don't even allow you to know what I'm sending on the land if you're my friend. It won't hit you suddenly. You'll understand something is coming. Number two, you gain access. Write it down, access granted. You gain spiritual access into new dimensions. You gain spiritual access. In other words, worship is a, a secret code that opens up and unlocks deeper dimensions in God. When you worship, you will never be bored because God will open up the fountains, hallelujah, deep, will start calling to deep. And when the depth of God's love calls to your capacity, the deeper, the depth of your capacity, he will meet you at the peak of the mountain tip top. And God will show you a whole nother view of the landscape of what he has for you. Glory to God. Number three, you gain partnership when you worship. God calls us co-laborers and fellowship, fellow workers in him. In our fellowship, we, we gain partnership and we grow and progress comes through partnership. Please write this down. Partnership is the cure for weakness. Because I don't have to be strong in everything as long as he's strong. So in the areas that I'm weak, I just put my back against God's back and he, his eye is on my weakness and he strengthens it for me. Glory to God. And my strength is my praise. And I give him glory. And we create a reciprocal relationship. He takes care of my weakness. And I give him glory. He takes care of my pain. And I give him praise. He takes care of my sorrows. And I give him the glory and the honor and the praise. Be blessed and glory and honor and power forever. I'm going to praise him. Somebody need to resound that in California. Forever.
forever. Somebody in New York need to say, I give him glory forever. Down in Miami, there's a hurricane coming your way. But give him glory if you praise him and push it off the shores. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Not only do you get partnership, but you also, when you praise God and worship God, you can have privilege, the privilege of knowing. Please write it down just like that. You gain the privilege of knowing. You can have the privilege of knowing, which I believe is a higher dimension of believing. The privilege of knowing is a higher dimension of believing. Now, faith comes when we believe. But when you know you don't have to believe, you know you can use your faith for other things. Glory to God. And God wants us to get to a place where we know him. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to him even in death. And so knowing him, knowing what he has for me is even deeper. It's a deeper dimension of believing. It is in the same realm, but a deeper dimension. And for years, I've always believed God. I believe God. But God wants you to say, I know God is coming. I know he's not going to leave me. I know his eyes on my children. I know, glory to God. That if he loves the sparrow, I know he's watching me. So I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know. Hallelujah. Boy, I wish I could say he's watching. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to sing and worship him anyhow. I know he's watching over me. There's some things you need to know. I can't see him. And I, yes, I believe. But I've stepped into, because of my worship, I know he watches me. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. The privilege of knowing. So what can you give to God? What can you give to God who owns all things and possesses everything. If he owns all things, all things were created for his pleasure, his purpose and pleasure. What can I give him if he's got everything? Mark chapter 12 verse 30 says, to love the Lord God with all your heart and to love him with all of your soul, glory to God, and to love him with all of your mind and then to love him with all of your strength. Write it down. Worship is comprehensive and it's all inclusive. In other words, if you can't give God property because he owns it, you can't give him money. He owns that, too. He just asks you to break off something. He could do what he needs to do in the work in the world. And then he blesses the whole loaf that you have. Glory to God. But you can't really buy salvation. It's too precious. You can't give him air because it's his. You can't give him life. He's the life giver. What can you give him? You know what you can give him? Jesus said, I want all of your heart. Glory to God. I want all of your soul. I want all of your mind. And I want 
all of your strength. In other words, when you worship God, you should be a little wounded and winded when you worship God. That's why if you ever went to Israel, I went to Israel in 2015, January of 2015. And this is, it was phenomenal. We went downtown Jerusalem and uh, there's no horse and buggies. Everybody want to go back and even wear long. These are people wearing suits like you and I are wearing. Jerusalem is a metropolitan international city. And there is an old part of Jerusalem, the Wailing Wall and the, uh, the Dome of the Rock, where they have a Muslim mosque there in Zion. But you, you need to understand that it doesn't look like it used to look. They have hotels, five-star hotels, Mercedes-Benz, and all of the things that we, the trappings that we have here they also have prostitution and all of that going on in Jerusalem in the Holy Land so you can't find just I got to go there and don't don't understand that people are people all around the world God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life let us get back to the text when I get to Jerusalem we went to a place and this Jewish rabbi came out to speak to us in the black garb with the uh, the lock they 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 keep their hair growing and have a lock of hair that grows over their shoulder with a nice head on and the beard. And he started speaking ancient Hebrew. But it was harsh. And it's like, whoa, man. I was just thinking about it. And if he had to worship, it causes him to breathe hard when he worships. Glory to God. Because God says, I want you to do it with all of your heart. It's not just some little praise the Lord. It's like, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him with all your heart, with all of your soul. That means everything that's inside of you. Your software needs to give God glory. Anybody can give him the hardware, but I'm talking about the way you were made, the things that move you, your dance, hallelujah, the things that brings your heart to light. Love him from that area. And then with all of your strength and all of your mind, glory to God. And when you do that, worship becomes comprehensive. It also becomes all-inclusive. It's an act of affection and love. In other words, when you do it, you got to say, like, I love you. It's like you tell your special one, I love you. That's what he wants from you. I love you, God. Practice it tonight. I love you, God. Don't just, I love you. I love you. Men are losing their families with, I love you. You know, I love you. I paid the bills. Man, you better say, look at them. I love you. You got to say it. I love you. Nobody care about paying bills. Women are paying their own bills. What we want to do is show the affection and the love. I'm preaching. You don't even have to pay for that, but you better thank me. It saved your relationship. You know I love you. You know I love you. I hear God. You know I love you. What? <laughs> Man, you better pay, do more than that. You got to say it affectionately and lovely. And practicing the worship, it'll help you. Talk to God like that. Man, if you ever want to grow in the software of your humanity, start worshiping God. Man, your, your software start acting right. It gets all kinked up. 
slowed up, right? You got this de deleted and then get a new software, a new operating system there. Get your spirit renewed and start worshiping God. Everything else starts turning lovely. You couldn't stand up before you started worshiping. After you worship God, you look at her, isn't she lovely? That's what you start saying. Because God will make the old thing look new. What does it mean? What does it mean to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, first of all, you need to know God, God knows you. So if he asks you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, ask him. What do you mean by that? He'll start flagging it to you. He'll show you. The way you did that, I want you to turn that to me. And the way you did that, you've completely abandoned that so you can go after this. I want you to do the same thing for me. That's what he'll start showing you. Lord, you know me. Look at Psalm 139. I'm almost done. Psalm 139 verse 1. Oh, Lord, New Living Translation, you have examined my heart. If you want me to know you, to love you with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength, oh Lord, you examine my heart. So you know how much I can give you. And know everything about me. I'm naked. And sometimes I'm ashamed. Help me to not be ashamed in Christ. You know when I sit down, you know where I sit. You know where I stand up. You know what arouses me. You know what depresses me. You know my thoughts. You know how my mechanics work. Even when I'm far away. You know what pushes me into that dark, deep corner of depression. You see me when I travel. When I'm down and dirty, and when I rest at home, when I find comfort in my own bed, you know everything I do. Ask him, how do I love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength? Because he knows you. And your worship is a response to his love. And in the conversation, as you worship, you can ask him, show me how to love you with strength. Show me how to love you with mind. Show me how to love you with heart. Show me how to love you with soul. And when you do so, you'll become an excellent worshiper. Write it down. When you do so, you, if you want to get this, set your affection on things above. In other words, take your eye off the natural. Set your affection on God. On his character. Establish a rhythm and a flow. In your worship. That means daily devotions. Daily devotions. I'm writing a daily devotion. Every. Monday through Friday. And you can be on the mailing list. All you got to do is write in and say put me on the mailing list. With your email address. And you'll get the daily devotion. As well. It was real good today. It was talking about the love of God. The love of God, but it's special. I told a story of uh, being in uh, Okinawa, Japan, and uh, I was really alone there. I spent a year there. 
I had no family over there, and uh, uh, of course, it is a Japanese island, Okinawa. Konishiwa. Doistastemaste. I know a little bit of that Japanese language. Amen. And I was at the suicide cliffs, and if you know, just study it, Google it. What is a suicide cliff? I was at the suicide cliff, and I was feeling very uh, uneasy because there are um, there's history there. And I went up there just to see it historically. I was a young man, maybe 21, but I was always intrigued as a young man by, uh, by things like that. And I went and sat on an embankment. In other words, uh, they had built up a nice wall. You could sit up there and your feet would dangle. And I was sitting there and uh, these uh, kids, Japanese kids, were in a bus. And they came in and went to the suicide cliffs as well. And one of the girls just walked over to me. She was in a grade school girl, just uh, maybe fourth grade, fifth grade. I'm assuming she looked like a fourth grader. And she came up to me and just stood there staring at me. So, of course, I looked at her. She's from a foreign nation. I'm, from a, I'm in her nation. And, uh, and she just stared at me. So I didn't know that. I, I would teach my child, you don't walk up on strangers. But she had a quiet, still strength and fearlessness. And she stood there and just stared at me. So I looked back at her, but I didn't stare. Looked at her. I didn't want her to feel alarmed by me because she was really looking at me. And then she climbed up and sat on the banquet next to me. So I'm sitting here. And she came over and sat next to me and started dangling her feet too. So I'm like, wow. Then she scooted closer. Wow. She scooted close enough to she took my right hand and she tried to rub the skin to see if the blackness came off. I let her do it. Go ahead. It's not going to rub off on you. It's real skin. She didn't mean anything. She just never saw a black man. Turned my hand over, looked at it, turned it back over. She was fascinated by it. When she couldn't rub the skin or rub the darkness off my skin, she was fascinated by that. Whoa, he's not dirty. He's just dark. She got off the bankment, went over in the woods somewhere and picked this wild, beautiful, lovely flower, brought it all the way back to me and presented it just like this, held it up. And in that moment, I felt the love of God. I can't tell you how, I can't tell you why, but the way that girl was looking at me and the smile that she had on her face as she presented me a flower, and I felt God, I felt like God was watching me, even though I was in a distant land, that he used that girl to communicate his love. And when I took that flower, our big Marine, Marine Corps uniform, I cried like a baby. I sat there and cried and just cried. I know you love me. I know you love me, Lord. You're always showing me. Even when I go astray, that's what I said to the Lord. And God will send people to you, if it's a little child, to awaken you out of your stupor so you can get your head together. I just begin to give him praise. I say things like that in the daily devotion. If you want to get that kind of, of word to get your day started, then sign up for it so you can get the email as well. You need to live on purpose. Glory to God. Live 
on purpose. So your worship needs to be established. You establish a rhythm and a flow, uh, a daily devotion and uh, quality. Time with God is important. Quantity as well. And quantity is about consistency. Engage consistently with the Lord and the quality and the quantity will begin to mount up. Write it down. You need to develop a consistent purpose, a consistent conversation with God. Add prayer in the worship. Consistently talk to God. Worship him continually as well. Consistently converse with the Lord and then worship him continually. When you fix your thoughts on God, by focusing on his word, he will fix his thoughts. I'm sorry. When you fix your thoughts on God by focusing on his word, he will fix your thoughts. People going and taking drugs and seeing psychologists, you start getting in the word of God and talking to God, he will fix the way you think. It's not what you do that matters to God, it's who you do it for. And if you start doing it for him, he's going to receive the glory and honor and praise. Scripture says... When you do what you do, you need to do it as unto the Lord. Even in your worship, you can worship when you're working. In other words, when you're doing something you don't like, God, I'm just going to count this to you. I'm doing it not because they told me, my boss is on me, but I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth and do this. God says, you did it to me, and because you did it unto me, I'm going to consider it in the category of worship. And he will bless you. This is a good tip for some of you that just can't make it. I'm dealing with people. I just don't like my boss the way they talk to me. But do it as unto the Lord. And God will receive all glory, honor, and praise. Lastly, live on purpose. Live on purpose. Say, I'm living on purpose. Right, I'm living on purpose. Living on purpose. We like to say, I did it on purpose. I did it, I did it, but live, living on purpose. Worship is expressing oneself or yourself or your affection to God. That's what worship is, expressing your affection to God. But worship is also focusing your attention on God. So you express your affection, you focus your attention. You express your affection, you focus your attention. You express your affection, you focus your attention. And then lastly, worship is using your abilities for God. So you express your affection. You focus your attention. You worship by using your abilities. Affection, attention, abilities. Expressing affection. Focusing your attention. Living by worshiping God as you use your abilities. And God will bless you. Express your affection. Focus your attention. Use your abilities. This week I want you to express your affection. Affection unto God. That means you need to tell him how good he is. Just tell him. Glory to God. Focus your attention. That means you get other things out of it. Let all the other names fade away. Till there's only you. Focus your attention. Let all the other names fade away. Till there's only you. Focus your attention. And then use your ability. Use some torque in some way 
somehow to worship God. Even if it's work, you can turn it into worship when you do it as unto the Lord. Thank you, God. I pray for you in closing. I want you to gather your thoughts, little children in the eyes, and the attitude of prayer. Express your affection. Focus your attention. Use your abilities. Oh, Lord God, you're worthy of all of our praise, and I bless you. I bless you, Lord. We bless your holy name. You're the God who never fails, and you're the God who keeps comfort, uh, covenant. You've never felt us yet. Help us to understand that your promises are always yea and amen. We thank you and give you glory and thank you that Jesus is life and that his life came as a result of his death, burial, and resurrection. So we see your love. We thank you for your justice. We thank you for your mercy. We praise you for provision. We give you honor and glory for victory. You're the God who lifts us up. The God who's always lifting us up. And I pray now that you would lift up those who are weighted down and worship lifts us up. You are the God who provides everything your children need. I thank you, God, that we're not giving up anything when we worship. We're possessing everything. Our desires is to praise you as long as we live through the good times and the bad. We know that you inhabit the praises of your people and we give you praise for that. As we gather tonight, let us sense the habitation of God. We thank you for your son Jesus who teaches us how to worship and praise. So gentle are you, Jesus, so loving. So we express our affection to you. We focus our attention on you. We've decided to use our abilities for you. We worship you. Take our worship, God as a sweet savor. We want to make you smile. And I pray that all over the country that you will begin to help your people to worship you with more accuracy. Expressing our affection. Focusing our attention. And using our abilities. I want to thank you for all of the servants of the Lord during this pandemic who are using their ability and doing it as unto the Lord. I pray now for a special protection over all of your people, over every family in the name of the Lord, over all fathers and mothers who are protecting their children and sacrificing to make sure that they're safe. I give you praise, Father, for all that you do. Watch over our habitation, our communities, as we worship, I pray that you would send angels to minister Holy Spirit as well. Minister to those who are going through grief and sorrow. 
comfort the mourning. Those who are mourning now. Bring comfort to every issue. And Father, I thank you for that. You are the great shepherd. These are your people. I bless you. I send your word to every circumstance. And I decree and declare things are better because of you. Because of you, Jesus. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.